Welcome back to Quiero, a show about Latinx who want it all. I am your host, Priscilla garcia Jacquet, and this is the podcast version of our web series. For the full experience of Quiero, please head on over to youtube.com slash Quiero the show. Thank you so much for stopping by. Your support means everything to us. So before we go on, make sure that you rate us on iTunes and leave a comment. All right, let's get into this week's episode. Shame is so, so heavy, and so it's carried on intergenerationally. So it comes from our ancestors. We're here in the present trying to be more mindful and aware and open, millennials, you know, but we still have it inside us. Everyone does. Welcome back to Quiero, a show about Latinx who want it all. I'm your host, Priscilla. Thank you so much for tuning back in. If you watched our last episode, you know that this is part two of our mental health special. Last episode, we spoke to Patricia Pinto, who is a New York City-based yoga teacher. Today, I will speak to Adriana from Latinx Therapy Podcast. Adriana is a licensed therapist based in LA, and her podcast is doing an amazing job at dismantling stigma, but also making making resources available to our community and to ourselves for our own mental health care. I got to talk to Adriana about language barriers that we run into as a community, fears that we run into as a community, um, lack of resources and the things that we can do about it. If you have been thinking of seeing a therapist or your family member needs a therapist, Adriana is just full of tools about how to help you walk through that process. So I'm just gonna hop right in and ask you, obviously a little bit about your background and what led you to start your podcast. Yeah, so my background, academically, I majored in psychology and I have known that I wanted to specialize in trauma since then. So I got experience at domestic violence shelters and then sexual assault, um, sexual assault agencies where we saw survivors of sexual violence. Were you coming from a place of like, have you dealt with trauma yourself or did you deal with that as a kid in your own family? Was that a pursuit that you wanted to understand even more? You know, I didn't piece it together, but now that I'm an adult and I can reflect back, I realized that my mom always spoke to us about her traumas. Uh, she's from Guatemala and she actually fled when she was young. Oh. And she always shared these, these severe stories about her upbringing and the relationships that she had. And I think that now as an adult and a professional, that's one of the reasons why it stemmed from it. Her story though growing up wasn't unique necessarily because I heard of other parents who also had similar stories. And I grew up in a low socioeconomic um, status neighborhood. In doing like your own counseling and your own therapy, what is the most common thing that you think you face for your patients? Common anxiety is all over. So that, that is one thing I get. But in terms of like stigmas, I come across like the trust, the shame, how people can't necessarily trust a third party, someone that um, they aren't related to, um, the shame and even being in the therapy room. They're not supposed to be there. They're not crazy. Do you find yourself like convincing people to have to go to therapy or do you... Like, how does that actually play in your life? Yeah, I'm, I'm an advocate for therapy, but I'm not a pusher. So I want 
people to know the facts about therapy and therapists like we're not gonna deport you that's not a crime um i i want them to know that there are certain guidelines such as confidentiality uh we are the holders to many many things uh there are some things we can't hold on to like you know if they want to commit suicide hurt someone else child abuse elder abuse abuse on, on a disabled person but outside of that we're good to go so um when i when i tell people that a lot of people are so surprised by these things they're like oh i thought you know my mom taught me that i can't trust a social worker or a therapist because you guys report everything but that's not the case it sounds like things that affect our community our latinx community are like a lack of knowledge about what therapy really is um stigma uh fear what are some other things that you've come across that keep that are difficulties of mental health within our community that affect us in a particular way yeah the language barrier there are not too many spanish-speaking therapists and then within therapists that do speak spanish there are no like clinical dictionaries that help us translate. So many of us have to get together and brainstorm or just brainstorm on our own, the clinical language to be able to help someone oh, in the room. so real. That's so, I, I, I just went home and as you know, a family member of mine went through a manic episode and I, it, I found it amazing. I was like looking for the correct papers. I had to translate for my family involved and I was trying to yeah. find the correct um, medical papers that I could give to them so that they can do their own reading on their part. And it was real. it was a difficult thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's quite a struggle. But I'm learning too that we can hire a translator um, or, you know, an English speaking therapist can hire a translator to have in the therapy room. They would obviously have to sign some release forms and documents and the client would have to be okay with it. But again, like what Latinx individual wants to go through that really yeah. if it's already so difficult to trust one person they then have to trust another person of course. so of course. there there is that as a barrier and um, I think you know you mentioned that there's a lack of awareness lack of education in I agree and I want to expand on that thought people don't aren't necessarily aware that there are actually free services out there Um, Every state is obviously different, but there are free services or low-cost services. There is the stigma that you have to pay tons of money or have insurance. No, there's also free or low income, but you have to look for it. Something that's been coming up in our production today is like the idea that like you might not know that you have trauma or you might not like know that you're depressed and I really kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on that yeah I think because mental health is so unpredictable in itself you you get confused and you start believing you know this is just part of life this is my normal way of living or if someone has anxiety they've always had anxiety since they were a child that's how they're used to living their daily lifestyle they're used to chewing on their nails they're used to having that sensation you won't know unless you pay attention if it's impairing your day-to-day functioning or if it's causing a problem yeah or many problems in certain areas of your life at work at home at school with relationships friendships with someone that you really care about with yourself if you have these negative negative thoughts constantly that's also an indicator what do you think that we can do to help stigma simply talking about it so that we can normalize the language 
and normalize the symptoms, it's really important to be mindful of the language that one is using and not say, um, you know, because Sally had a manic episode, she's crazy. Right. So being very careful of using crazy or psychotic, you're such a psycho, um, such language is very, very stigmatizing. And it really scares people that actually have illnesses and are struggling to come out and talk about it. So it's a counter effect that we need to take care of to dismantle. What's like the biggest obstacle that you have experience both like within your practice but also seeing within the community like what are you like trying what are you engaging with that you're like oh this is hard and I keep coming up against this our people just do have that struggle with their own shame and it takes them like maybe so let's say they've been in, in sessions with me for over a year it could take them that amount of time to just come out with something that that they've held on to for so long so we can have an amazing bond and trust but there's still that shame inside them that's keeping them from opening up completely which is okay which is okay but that's just the reality of it shame is so so heavy and so it's carried on intergenerationally so it comes from our ancestors and that shame has that stigma it's like a ball that is just passed on from family to family and so we're here in the present trying to be more mindful and aware and open millennials you know but we still have it inside us everyone does so it makes it extra difficult to begin your healing process if you are not aware of it i'm gonna think about that that really like that like landed somewhere. <laughs> um, I'm here for Anna, you. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ponder that. I'll come back to you. I can't thank you enough for just hopping on the phone with me, even so briefly and like, on such short notice. I really like appreciate it so so much. Of course, of course. Thank you, Priscilla. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you learned a ton. Make sure you follow Adriana on her podcast, Latinx Therapy, and also Latinx Therapy on Instagram. Next up is Lorena Rusi. Lorena is a New York City-based stand-up comedian. We got the chance to interview Lorena and their family. It's going to make you cry. It's going to make you laugh. So stay tuned for part three of our mental health special. And and if you haven't already subscribed, girl, I'm gonna let you subscribe right now. Thank you. Subscribe to our channel. It's a key to the show. All right, that was this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate, and leave us a comment. Again, for the full experience of Kyoto, make sure you head on over to youtube.com slash Kyoto the show. Subscribe to our channel. We thank you so much for your support and see you next week.